Hello, Texas. This is Josh Light with the Texas Freedom Cast, where we talk about economics, news, politics, all about Texas. Teach your daily dose of Texas here, and let's get started. Today, you'll be listening to an interview I did with Danny Ward. Mr. Ward is a veteran in the Marine Corps, a 20 year rodeo cowboy, and a family man, and he is running for. Texas House, um, Texas House Representatives District 11, which includes Henderson, Nacogdoches, and Jacksonville. So if you're in those areas and then you listen to what Mr. Ward has to say today and you like what he's saying and you want to vote for him, I encourage you to go out there and vote for him. If you want to give him money to support his campaign, in the show notes is a place to donate or however you see fit i'm not endorsing mr ward this is just an informed podcast just because i might agree with some of his stuff does not mean i'm endorsing him he is a very passionate man about texas and passion about texas is what all this whole podcast is about so please enjoy the show one final note is that we had some technical difficulty i cleaned up the audio the best i could If you can't understand something, please let me know and I'll explain it to you. Thank you for your patience and enjoy the show. All right, how you doing, Danny? Uh, I'm doing wonderful. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So why don't you first give an introduction to yourself and a brief history uh, for our audience? Okay. My name's Danny Ward, and I am running for state representative in House District 11, which uh, encompasses Cherokee, Russ County. A little bit about me, I grew up in the panhandle of Texas, the average kid in a middle-class family. I uh, didn't have money for college, going the Marine Corps. Uh, started running the Marine Corps and for most of my life, in something years. Uh, fell in love with riding bucking horses, and, and uh, that's pretty much my life. I, I, I got a career out of the Marine Corps and telecommunications, and that's pretty much what I've been doing my whole life, that and farming and, and raising animals. All right. So why are you uh, deciding to run for uh, House Representatives for Texas? Well, uh, I, I think I'm like everybody else. We're kind of sick and tired of the politicians and, and sick and tired of the, the way things are going with our government. Uh, I know for a fact that... Uh, our representative talks about conservative measures, but then he goes in Austin and does the opposite. And, and so that's, that's really what drove me into the race is just, uh, just tired of the way things are going and, and want to make a change. And, and I'm going to do something about it instead of sitting back and complaining. All right. That sounds like a good plan. So some of your platform, you uh, talked about the fair tax. Can you explain uh, to our audience what that is and why the fair tax over like a flat income tax well, I, income tax, you never really want to tax, uh, tax the, the fruits of one's labors, as you would say. But, you know, I, I'm for a flat sales tax. You're basically taxing consumption versus uh, a property tax right now, which we're taxing in, in investment. So when you look at a property tax, it, it increases the cro- cost of home ownership. It reduces the incentive to invest in property. And it also takes capital out of the economy, which is the, you know, the driving force of the economy. When, when people aren't willing to invest in, in property because of property taxes, then we see that, you know, that capital is taken out. So the other side of it is 
53 something percent of your property taxes go to fund the education system. So you have this burden that's put on solely on property owners to, to carry the education system and not all of it because some of the education system comes from uh, sales taxes. So, I, but I think if we, we take that burden off of the property tax owners and, and put it on everybody, get everybody has skin in the game. Everybody's going to be paying and everybody's going to get involved. I think it's going to, uh, get make people have an incentive to get involved with politics and what's going on because everybody's paying right now like i said uh it's just property owners and and it's a it's a fair way to do it at a flat rate this is true i agree with that um one of my big things with having a flat sales tax would be our we have more incentive to bring people here to texas to create more business so people will come vacation here and then they'll spend money here and helps our sales tax and helps increase the income of our state. Yes. Yep. Exactly. Now, um, the other side of it is you can control it. Like right now as a property owner, I can't control whether or not I pay my taxes or not. Because if I don't pay my taxes, the, co the government will come in five years and save Texas, the government will come and take my property. And, and you really don't own your property when someone else can come and take it. And, and that's, that's part of it is, is the fact that I don't actually own my property when I'm paying rent to the government. And, and I can control my buying. If, if I've, uh, you want to protest the government, then, hey, man, I can go to farmer's market and buy, you know, my food or whatever. So I can, I can kind of control to an extent how much I'm going to spend uh, and, and, and give to the government. I, I understand that. It makes uh, perfect sense to me. If you get elected, will you try to introduce a bill like this right away, or would you take some time and kind of get your fill for it, then introduce a bill? Yeah, I think with all the issues that I talk about, I, I'm, I'm for uh, filing a bill as soon as I get elected. Because I think that's the problem with, uh, you know, what I've noted about my representative is he, he says he's for this or he's for that, but he, he doesn't author any bills or uh, sponsor any bills to the counter. So, you know, uh, when it comes to property taxes, it's going to be, it's not something that we can tear down in a day. Um, it, it wasn't built in a day. So it's going to take some time. I think the first step in doing that is, is getting rid of the M&O portion, which is the, uh, the school portion, the education portion of our property taxes. And, and I will either file a bill to eliminate that or I'll sign on to one of the others. Cause there was, it's already been in the 85th and in the uh, special session that we just had there, there were bills uh, for that. They didn't make it anywhere because you know, the establishment in Austin doesn't want us to have any property tax relief. They don't, they don't want property tax reform. So they're not going to allow it to happen. I understand that. So, <clears throat> Moving on, so we just recently had a very traumatic event here in uh, Texas, in Sutherland Springs, Texas, and it has ignited uh, more of a gun control fight. Uh, what's your view on what happened and uh, why? what we can do to prevent this in the future? Well, I think, and my heart goes out to all those families and, and the community and prayers, and, and, and I know that that's not enough. I, I think everybody right now is, is evaluating 
what they're doing. We all need to have a active shooter plan in our churches, in our schools, in our communities, even in our homes. If you live in an area that, that you know, I, I live, I live out in the country, so I, you know, an active shooter. We have active shooters all the time. <laughs> but anyway, we we need to have a plan, and and I think a lot of people are waking up to that realization that that this is something that, that's going to happen. And when we have people that aren't protecting themselves, like churches, for example, we've, we've had this attitude for so long that, Hey, this is not going to happen here. This, this, you know, we're a little small town. Uh, it, it can happen anywhere. And, and the, the most important thing is, is us being able to protect ourselves, whether we're in a church or we're in a school or we're uh, wherever we're at, we should have that right to be able to protect ourselves. When it, when it comes to gun control, Gun control didn't work in this situation. Uh, some of the facts that are coming out, he had a dishonorable discharge. Uh, he he shouldn't have had a gun. He shouldn't have been able to purchase a gun anyway. So gun control didn't work in this situation. Now, what would have worked is had there been maybe a security guard watching out for the church. Uh, I know there was a bill, I want to say it was 20, uh, SB 2265, amendment on there, Rinaldi passed, that got passed, um, that allows churches, they don't have to have, pay for private security it was that that, that was a, one of the best things we could do because you know i have a, i'm in a small church and i don't think our church could afford a big time security consultant but you know we we can do it ourselves and, and that's you know constitutional um so i i think we people in church should have been able to protect themselves from that kind of thing happening so they had a security guard or if they were armed within within themselves in the church i know plenty of churches who on any given day, there are one or two or more armed people in the church in case that ever happens. It, it, there's a big difference between a hard, ta- uh, hard target and a soft target. And yes, I feel like churches are definitely soft targets. A lot of people, I think, still believe, oh, if I put a gun-free zone sign up, that that's going to protect us. Uh, another regulation or another law is going to protect us, which it just really doesn't. And people aren't willing to take their own protection in their hands a lot of the time, I feel. Well, we can see that from drugs. You know, drugs are illegal, but they're all over the place. You know, you can go to any uh, community, city, and, and and probably buy drugs. I mean, I'm not privy to how that happens, but I, I know it happens. Speeding, I mean, all the way down to that. I mean, I drive, my job, you know, I'm on the road 90% of the time, and you know, I, I legally, within, within my job, I have to obey the speed limit. And I see so many times, I mean, I, and I know it's, it's petty to say speeding, but, you know, there is a law against speeding, but nobody, uh, you know, follows it. So laws really only are for the law abiding. Um, what is my uh, stepmom used to say is, locks only keep honest people honest. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And when, it, and when it comes down to gun control and the, and the Second Amendment, I, I think we ought to have fully automatic weapons. Because, number one, I have enough respect for other people's life, liberty, and property that my automatic weapons are not going to harm someone in the way that this church shooting happened. If you understand what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I do. It, my automatic weapon, if I have automatic weapons, they're for my defense. They're for, for defense against tyranny. And so for the government to shut that down, to, to, to block that, I think that's totally unconstitutional. I, can, I see your point, absolutely. Do I still feel like in a 
fully automatic weapon is necessary in the hands of anybody and do I feel like we can still safely protect our rights against the government with what we currently have? I kind of do, but I do see your point in that any law-abiding citizen and anybody that's, you, you can't stop criminals from getting whatever they want. So yeah. no matter what you say or what you do, yeah, what law. Yeah, cr criminals are going to have the guns. We should be able to, de to, to defend ourselves against those criminals because they're going to have them anyway, just like they have drugs and, and uh, all the other black market items. So we kind of talked a little bit about it, but uh, you run on a platform of limited government. Can you give more explanation of what you plan on doing when you take office? Well, I, mean, I, I saw the, this quote a lot. Um, Barry Goldwater says, I don't, I don't want to streamline government or make it more efficient. I want to eliminate it, it reduce as much government regulation as we can. You know, I'm, he said, he said, I'm not for welfare. I'm for freedom. So I think that, I think if you, if you look at what he said further in that quote, where he talks about uh, undoing unconstitutional programs or, or, or programs that, that aren't financially working, or we need to review a lot of the stuff that's going on and, and, and eliminate a lot of the senseless regulation. I know for one, uh, that I can name off right off the top of my head that it's, it's big on everybody's mind in, in education is the star system. We've got teachers out there that they're teaching to this test instead of actually teaching skills to students. And, that, you know, that's one program and, and it costs so much money. We need to, that's one thing we, we need to eliminate. You know, just, I, I did a post on Facebook today about, uh, from Chris Ann Hall and she talked about, you know, exercising our 10th amendment rights under the, under the constitution we need a legislature that's going to stand for state sovereignty and tell the government to back off of all the objects which aren't their authorities, education, healthcare, uh, marriage, abortion. You know, those are all states' rights issues under the 10th Amendment. What about, um, I'm going to play a little bit of devil's advocate here, but what about the need for government to regulate businesses? Who's going to regulate them and make sure they're not dumping pollutants into our waters, uh, just destroying the environment just to make a dollar. Well, and, and that's where it comes down to that's a state that's a state issue. It's not a it's not a federal government issue. The state should be the one handling that. And and there there may be some checks in there that, that, that the federal government can have a little uh, authority in to, to, to check it. But Solely those issues should belong at the state level. Now, when it comes down to it, the reason that is is because the people should have more control over something. Let's say a pollutant. So somebody's polluting a, a, a river or a creek or a lake or whatever, and the people that live in that community and area know that that is going on, they should be able to get a hold of their locally effect, uh, elected officials and their state elected officials because – who do you have more control over your local officials, your state officials, or your federal officials, federal representatives, my federal representative, Deb Hensling, his district has about 650,000 people. What's one person or a community of 30,000 going to matter to him? Even, even as a state representative, I'm going to go uh, represent a group of 160,000. You have more control at the local level, and that's the way it was intended to be. If you read the Constitution, it talks about one elected official per 30,000. And the government screams, well, we can't have that many. We don't have the room. We don't have the money to do that many officials. But if you, if you have a group of 30,000 people, 
you're going to, you're going to know your elected official. You're going to have more influence over that elected, uh, elected official than you would over the way it is right now. So that's why I, I think limited government, more local control. So limited federal government and still reducing the state, um, states overreach here and there, but still having an active state government. Am I hearing you right? Yes. Okay. Yes, sir. So there's a movement out there, the Texas national movement. Uh, a lot of people that feel that Texas should just separate from uh, the United States. They feel like it's gone too far. They're overreaching. They're destroying our uh, ability to operate as a state. They're taking away our rights. Uh, the IRS is kind of one of those federal hands that are way too reaching and way too far into it. If there was a vote to come up for the tax, uh, for Texit or whatever you want to call it, um, succession from the United States, how would you vote on there and why? Well, man, that's a, that's a difficult issue because there's so, there's so much involved here. And I think this comes back to what I was talking about just a minute ago with, you know, state sovereignty. I, I think if we, if we, if we actually lived like we, like we're supposed to under the constitution, if we, if we lived as the United States of America and not the United States of America, and then this, this matter wouldn't, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be relevant because we would have our sovereignty. We would, I mean, what is it? Texas has the, I want to say it's somewhere around the 10th. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but it's somewhere around the 10th largest economy in the world. And that's just Texas alone. I think it would be very difficult when you look at all the, the issues that a country, when the, when, the, when the United States was founded after the Revolutionary War, we incurred a lot of debt. I think if we was to separate, we'd incur a lot of debt because there's a lot of things that we're not taking into consideration as far as uh, the federal government, which I'm so for getting the federal government's hands out of Texas as, as far as uh, money. You know, we take, I think that the state revenue is 30 three to 35 percent of the revenue comes from the federal government which comes from income taxes uh, i'm for reducing that as much as possible because you see when we take money from the federal government um they have their hands in it they have strings attached and, and i just the federal government needs to get out of everything i would have to really research that topic and really i've heard about it for years i've even kind of believed that you know we could we could be our own country but man it there's there's so many areas that need to be addressed there. I think it would come uh, it down would be, to a serious issue coming up. Like the government is seriously encroaching more than they already are. And yeah. we're not able to fight back on some of the issues that they're trying to push. Yeah. And, and, and then it would come down to, you know, how, how it, that's a difficult subject. Cause when you talk about, you know, the civil war um, with, you know the secession of the states and there there's just so many avenues that, that need to be addressed there i don't we, we don't have time to talk about everything that that i mean there's um yeah it's money. a deep issue you know, it, it could it could it could get bloody you know there could be lives lost you know there's it's just there's there's a lot to that so and and i, I commend the people that are that are behind that movement because you know, they're patriotic. They, they love Texas and they want to keep things. Aside. And that's, that's why I'm in this race is because I want us to get back to following the constitution. I think 
I think even the liberals, if they, re- if we really lived under constitu- under the Constitution of the United States, we really lived under that. Everybody would be happy. Federalism is the solution. I agree with that. So we have a lot of controversy around our current president, uh, Donald Trump. What is your take on him? And I know a lot of Texas supported uh, Cruz and was a little bit on the disappointed side when Cruz didn't make it. What is your take on our yeah. current president? And actually, I, w- I was a Ben Carson man, and, and I think I think that fed you know we had Carson and we had Cruz. And, and we, we had so many people out there. And, and I think what you're seeing is a divide amongst the Republicans because you have the more conservative, the majority of the, the, the party is, is conservative and, they, and they're, they want, they're tired of the past eight years. Actually, can, I, I could even go in and say some of the stuff that, that, that George W. Bush did were, were bad. You know, the Patriot Act, I'm not a fan of. But when we talk about Donald Trump, he's better than the alternative that we had on the ballot. So you <laughs> This know, is true. Probably, I agree with that. Talking a year to the day, you know, a year to the day that, you know, he was elected. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm thankful that she's not in there. I, I, if she had got elected, I don't think there's a lot she could do because we probably, you know, we would have had a majority uh, Congress and we would have had a majority Senate. And so there are some checks and balances. And I agree with that. I think there needs to be checks and balances so you don't have a, tyrannical government that just runs over everybody but but i'm so thankful that we don't have uh, her in there and uh i, I think i'm kind of on the fence on the issue with with him i think and i wasn't a fan of his because he had been a democrat for so long and he didn't have any republican experience where he kind of compared himself to ronald reagan where ronald reagan you know he saw the democratic policies weren't working and he became the governor of california and and actually uh, had policies and had some experience behind him before he ran for office. And then he lost his first election and then come back and, and won the next one. So I, I wasn't a big fan of his, but I like what he's doing. I like what he's trying to do. And, and because, because the establishment is so entrenched in Washington and, and even the Republicans up there, uh, are, you know, they're not really Republicans. You, and I, I lived in Arizona for 10 years and, and, uh, I, um, voted for John McCain, but man, the things he says, the things he does is, is so counter Republican. Just, I don't understand it, but, and, and when you talk about him tweeting a lot of things, I think that's his right. He could, he could say what he wants to say. Now, do I agree with everything he says? No, but, and, and sometimes I think he should, he, he'd be more likely to keep his mouth shut, but uh, Hey, that's, that's his right. He can say what he wants. And, and, and who am I to, to, to say he can't say what he wants to say? It's true. I, I agree with that. Um, I'm not 100% big fan of Trump. He, I didn't vote for him, but I'm not going to sit there and cry about it either. So I didn't vote for uh, Hillary Clinton either, though. So um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I wanted, he was the better out of the uh, if you only had the two options. From, yeah. the, from our conversation, I feel like you're really uh, more of a, not really a Republican, you're more of what I would consider a libertarian, more centered around freedom and not necessarily big business and everything, but more on being a, just everybody has their rights to be individually free and we should fight to protect the individual freedoms. Why are you running on a Republican platform versus trying to be what, at least what I consider, unless you consider yourself as a Republican? Well, and, and, and I think that I, I, I am a Republican I and mean, I believe in a Republican form of government. I, I, uh, you know, constitutional republic. That's what we are. We're not a democracy. 
uh, or a constitutional republic. I think a lot of the people that are libertarians are more the Republicans that are tired of the Republican establishment, which is the part of our party that we want to get out. You know, the ones that are that are that are and, and not not necessarily the moderates, but even the ones like like what I say about my opponent. If you look at some of his voting records, he, he's not even a moderate. He's so close to being a liberal. And, and that's where, you know, the liberal mindset and uh, the libertarian mindset comes out. You know, in, in people of, hey, you know, we want to separate from Republicans because we don't identify with those that are in leadership. We need to get conservative Republican leaders in. And that's that's going to that's going to help out everybody. I mean, like I said, federalism is a solution. I think if we did live under that, we would have everybody would be happy because when you think about life, liberty and property and we think about those rights are, are, are prominent or, you know, life, liberty and pursuit of happiness. But uh I think libertarians are truly conservative Republicans. Um, I, I do like a lot of things. I mean, I'm a big Rand Paul fan, you know, and so that's that's kind of where I'm at, you know, on that side of the party. Okay. But I wouldn't go so far to say that I, I, I'm a libertarian. I mean, I believe in liberty. You know, I, I, I promote <laughs> liberty, and that's when, when everybody's free. That's, you know, we've, we've gone so far from that, especially in the past 100 years. So there's a group that has risen up and they feel like they are fighting back against uh, the Donald Trump regime, I guess, uh, Antifa. Oh, what do you know and how do you feel about them? Well, I, I, I think it's funny because they, they call themselves anti-fascist, right? And Antifa. It, but yet everything that they follow is following fascism. If you, if you follow if you followed Hitler and, and, and you and you see how he worked in the youth and you see how he he got so popular, that's exactly what we're going through. We have we have these these group of people. These they go to college and they get educated by these liberal professors and and into the way of socialism, and that's what they're following. They're they're following fascism and they don't even know it. And they're so blinded to it, they can't see the forest for the trees. But yet, yet they are promoting the idea that they are against. Yeah, I, I see the same thing. Um, I don't know if you follow, uh, he's kind of a popular, uh, he has his own station called uh, Louder with Crowder. Uh, mm -hmm. yeah. He did an yeah. Yeah, expose on Antifa where he actually uh, infiltrated Antifa and basically demonstrated how violent they were, how dangerous they were. But the media, the news media, wouldn't report on it. They just wanted to sweep it on the rug and pretend like it wasn't happening. Yeah, and that's that's the other side of it. You know, this whole fascist, socialist, communist. The media is is the voice box for that movement because they they're not gonna they're not gonna report the facts because if they report the facts, then they're gonna they're gonna fall back and be like, man, this is wrong. You know, the democratic policies are failing. The, the you know, if they if they actually report the facts, then they're gonna they're gonna they're not gonna have a story. Well, um, I have a, another question on a topic. Recently, we've had two, uh, well, not just two, but a few other states, uh, Colorado, for example, legalize marijuana. Where do you stand on that issue? Well, I I'm not a fan of it. I, I you know I think I think it's I, I'm okay. I'm as far as medically, I, I don't understand why. A, a controlled substance like cocaine is is prescribable within 
a, I guess it's codeine or something like that. But yet, uh, you know, cannabis is not, you know, prescribable. I, I don't understand. I, I'm okay with medical, but as far as legalizing it, I think we have implications in a society that, that, that are, that are far reaching. Uh, you know, a lot of people say, um, alcohol is worse than, than, uh, marijuana. And, and, and I could agree with that. I, I just, it would have to be, uh, I, I'm not a fan of legalizing it now. I, I'm, I'm for medically, uh, legalizing it. It's understandable. I, I mean, there's still a lot of information that we don't know about it. I honestly don't think you should smoke anything and put anything in your lungs like that. I also stand on the side of if it doesn't hurt me, it doesn't hurt anybody else. I really shouldn't be one to say you can't do something that you want to. I'm not a fan of people smoking. I, I don't think people should smoke you know, cigarettes. But it's not my right to tell somebody else, hey, you can't, you can't smoke cigarettes. That, that's their, their freedom to choose that. And then it comes back to that's their responsibility to take care of their health. And if they're 70 years old and they're having issues because they smoke their whole life, then it, I shouldn't have to pay for their health care because they made the poor choices, you know, responsibility choices to look out for the health care. But uh, like I said, I'm not for legalizing marijuana. Um, I'm for, you know, medical marijuana, medical cannabis. I think, I think there's some issues there, especially when we talk about people. All right. Well, if you want to let everybody know where they can reach out to you, uh, support you, uh, here's your chance to do so, sir. Oh, yeah. You can go to my website, which is Ward for Texas, and it's, it's Ward, F-O-R, Texas, not Ward number four Texas. Uh, wardprotections.com you can find me on facebook uh ward protections uh instagram ward protections twitter ward protections it's all the same i really appreciate the opportunity to be on here and get the best well i thank you for coming on too sir thank you for joining me today i hope you found this episode insightful and educational i hope you and your family are safe and in good health i hope texas continues to grow be an example to the rest of the world. Goodbye, y'all. God bless Texas.